Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam. Ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyana wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of those actions that will gain his love. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the love of the people that he loves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters in Philistine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to count those who have been killed as shuhada. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to give us just a bit of the iman and the faith of the people of Gaza and Philistine. Um, truly uh, watching and seeing what we have, we've been seeing um, has been, we've talked about iman, we've talked about faith throughout all of our lessons and Everything that we're, we're learning all the time is about having strong faith, having strong faith. And um, it's one thing to read about it in books and another thing to see it in people. When you see a reality in people, it, it, it's, it's a living reality to you. It's a living example of what Iman is. And there was a great scholar uh, by the name of uh, Imam Shalari, Um And he was amongst the Sufiya. He was a well-known scholar of the people of Tasawwuf. Um, and they asked him, they said, Sheikh, you know, why don't you write any books? Because he never wrote a book. And he said, I, I don't write books. I write people. Like, me, I'm not, I'm not, these aren't just words. These are realities that I'm teaching that people live. And so what he was trying to say is that if these things that we're talking about come into your heart, then you begin to live this thing. And it's not just something that are just words. And so truly, truly, uh, we're, we're seeing Iman being lived. We're seeing loss, and in the face of loss, people saying, Alhamdulillah, we're, we're seeing true sabr, we're seeing true tawakkul. And, um, and today, today's lesson, inshallah ta'ala, we're continuing in our book, the series called Hurdles, in which Imam Ghazali is telling us that we're all on a journey back to Allah, and that pathway is the pathway of worship. The Quran says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسِ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That... Allah says, I only created the human beings to worship me. That's why we're here. And so Imam Ghazali is telling us that we're on this pathway trying to get back home. We're trying to get back to our Jannah, our home. And he says that that pathway is ibadah, but that pathway is not a smooth pathway. It wasn't made to be smooth. It wasn't meant to be smooth. It's not a defect that it's not smooth. It's supposed to be the way it is. It's supposed to be difficult because... It separates the real from the fake, the strong from the weak. That's the purpose of this journey. And so on this pathway, there are different things that come in the way, and we're calling those hurdles. And Imam Ghazali calls them uqbas. He actually calls them valleys, <laughs> as if you have to go down into the valley and climb your way out of the valley. And so throughout the last 13 sessions, we've been going through each of the valleys, and we now come to the fourth valley. We come to the fourth valley or the fourth, fourth hurdle that we're calling it. And he calls it uh, al-uqbatul awarid. He calls it 
the, the hurdle of hindrances. He says that this is, a, this is a valley or a hurdle of the things that on this path of worship will hinder you or stop you, pause you, pull you back, distract you almost from this path of worship. And so I'm going to read what the author says. He says, Rahimahullah, he says, the next thing you have to do, O seeker of worship, that is what we all want. We want to be true, sincere servants of God. May Allah give you tawfiq. May Allah enable you with the ability to truly worship him. He says, you're going to have to uh, push away or pass by all the hindrances that are going to preoccupy you. They're going to become a shughal for you. The Arabic word shughal is often used for work, but it often means something that just preoccupies you. It, it takes your time. It distracts you. It makes you mashghul. He says, These hindrances will make you busy and distract you from truly worshiping God. And it will close the path that we're trying to traverse, it will close that path. If you don't push away these things, you will be too busy and you will be distracted from your maqsood, from your maqsood. Maqsood in Arabic means your purpose. The greatest thing that Islam gives a person when they convert or when they, 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 they renew their faith, even if they were born Muslim, is they, they find their purpose again. They find what they were created for. They find that deep meaning of what it means to be a human being. What are you here for? He says, so if you don't pass this, this hurdle that we're talking about today, he says, then you will be too distracted to, know, to, to reach your maqsood or what you are created to go after. He says, And there are actually four things in this valley. There are four things that are going to distract you. Number one. And we'll probably spend all of our time for sure on this first one today. Al-Arid the first hindrance is risk. It's your sustenance. The Arabic word risk is, is, is a term that means uh, everything that is your sustenance, your lot, what God has written for you to consume and enjoy in this world. He says, وَإِنَّمَا كِفَايَتُهُ بِتْفِتَّوَكُلْ the only way you're going to, the only way you're going to get past this hurdle, this aspect of it, is by having a concept or a quality called tawakkul or complete, complete reliance on God, complete, complete trust and reliance on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. فَعَلَيْكَ بِتَوَكُّلْ عَلَى Allah. So you must, must truly, truly trust in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala more than anything. فِي مَوْضِعِ risk especially in regards to your sustenance, what you're going to get in life. In all of your needs and necessities, in every state, whether it's an emotional need, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a spiritual need, you have to have true tawakkul and true trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that will give that thing to you. There's two reasons why you have to truly trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, number one, لِتَفَرَّغْ لِلْعِبَادَةِ وَتَتَمَشَّى لَكَ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ حَقَّهُ فَإِنَّ مَنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ مُتَوَكِّلًا فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ اشْتِغَالٍ عَنْ إِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ بِسَبَبِ الْحَاجَةِ وَالْرِسْقِ وَالْمَصْلَحَةِ He says, 
the first reason that you're going to have to let go and let Allah, truly trust Allah regarding your sustenance, is so that your heart, yatafarrag, is free to worship God. See, what we don't realize is our preoccupation for earning, for stacking, for bringing in, that preoccupation is something that distracts us from our true purpose of worshiping God. So he says, The first reason why you're going to have to learn to trust God is because if you don't, you're going to find yourself too busy to ever worship God. You'll never have time because you're just chasing after risk. And the crazy thing is you're chasing after something that's chasing you. You're chasing after something that's chasing you. I remember one day, I, I must have been only Muslim for like seven months. And I was sitting down with uh, this sheikh. I mean, Kabir, a, a, a giant of a scholar. But I was a new, new dude, so everybody looked the same to me. You know what I mean? Beard, kufi, everybody looked the same, though. So we're sitting down. And somebody brings some like Dunkin' Donuts in, right? And uh, he's like, he's like, Mikael, eat, bismillah, right? And so I'm all like happy I get to eat with the shake, you know what I mean? And so I'm eating, and I, I can't remember what happens, but we're eating there, and he looks at me, and he says, uh, he's like, this is your risk. And I'm new, a risk, like, what's risk? He's like, you know, he said, this is your sustenance. And then he said a hadith I'll never forget. It was over 20 years ago now. He says, In risk, abdu kama ajluhu. That he said, Mikayo, the Prophet, وسلم, he said, Your rizq chases you the way death chases you. It's a hadith of the Rasul. It's a hadith of the Rasul. Your rizq chases you the way death chases you. And what the author is telling us here is that unless you're able to let go of your, 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 your mental preoccupation with seeking out, and notice that I said mental, because I'm going to come to this, because the idea is that striving for your sustenance and tawakkul are not mutually exclusive of one another. Striving and trying to earn and working hard are not mutually exclusive. Ibn Hajjab Asqa, Ibn Samihni, um, uh, Ibn Rajab al Hambali, he, he mentions this very beautifully. Lost my spot. He says this very beautifully. He says that, and understand that trusting God does not negate struggle and making your effort. It doesn't negate that. He says, He says, the reason is because your effort is with your limbs, your tawakkul is with your heart. See, no, you don't get it yet. You don't get it. The, the, the narration, it says, one of the scholars, he used to say, work like the working of a person that believes nothing will save them except their work. But trust in God like a person who understands that nothing can, say, can come to them except what was written for them. This is the beauty of our deen. And that's why I said the people of Philistine and what we're watching is showing us a, 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 a mithal, waqi, a true example of iman.
not just book, but in reality. He says, you work hard. You work hard like a person who thinks that nothing will save them except their actions. But inside, the reality is that you deep and down inside believe truly that nothing will reach you except what God has written for you. This is the object of tawakkul. This is what we're talking about. And that's where we have to reach. So throughout the Quran, in, in the Prophet's example, we see an example of a man who does his effort. He does his effort. But after his effort, he realizes that his effort is only for, because God wants to see effort. The real doer of everything is Allah. I'm going to share an example with you. I heard this from a sheikh. It was beautiful. He's like, there's this one little boy, right? Um, he was going to school. He's like five years old. He was going to school. And he came back from school. And he's like, Baba, Baba, I learned how to count. And the father's like, mashallah. He's happy. He picks him up. He hugs him. The joy a father has for their son or daughter as they accomplish. He picks him up. And he says, okay, let's go to the candy store. Come on, let's go. So he picks him up and he takes him to the candy store. And they get to the candy store and there's this ammu behind the counter selling candies. And he says, uh, however many this boy can count up to, give him that many candies. So the little boy, he starts counting one, two, three, four, five. He counts up to 10. So the ammu gives him 10 candies. The boy is hyped, mashallah. This, I love this equation. You count a number, you get candies. So the next day, the boy thinks, you know what? I learned the formula. I don't need to stop at Baba, Dad's house first. So he goes beeline after school straight to the, to the Ammu who sells candy. So he goes to the counter. Ammu, Ammu, salamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. And he says, one, two, three, four, five. He begins to count. He begins to count. And the Ammu looks at, at him like, shoo, shoo, big duck. He's <laughs> like, what you want? <laughs> so he's like, maybe he didn't hear me. He counts again. One, two, three, four. And the Ammu gets it. He goes, ah, I see. He goes, smile. <laughs> smile. He says, listen, your counting was between you and your dad. But between me and your dad was something different. That action you did was for God, but the true doer was your dad. So, so the example that the scholar was giving was that all your sa'yukum, all your effort, was just to show God how truly bad you want something. It's just to prove to Allah that I will give it my best. But the true doer, the true giver of the money, the true buyer of the candy, the true one doing in this action is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, so we have to understand that when, we're when Imam Ghazali says that you have to have tawakkul, what he's trying to say, look what he says. He says, لِيَتَفَرَّغْ لِلْعِبَادَةِ Listen, 
Something that is filled can't take more in. The reason why our iman doesn't increase, the reason why our, we, our heart doesn't increase with more goodness is because it's too filled with dunya. Until you empty that. Now that doesn't mean empty your bank account. That means empty your heart from worrying how much is in the bank account. That's the point. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, the breakage of your heart's deep connection with what is in the dunya, not the actual breakage of what you, are, what you have in the dunya. Do, do you get what I'm saying? And I'm saying this now because we're looking at people. Bro, we're talking about losing money. We're watching people lose their little daughters. And they're saying, They're saying what the Prophet said, to Allah belongs what he gave and to Allah belongs what he takes back. What I'm saying now is don't put this in some compartment in your mind as you listen and say, yeah, good information. No, this is what will help you in the most difficult moments of your life. And now more than ever, we actually see it. We actually see it being lived. A person is becoming the, the symbol of qana'ah. The ammu with the turban and his daughter. He's become the living symbol of contentment. What we're talking about is not just written in books. It's written in hearts. And that's why we have to take this serious, what we're learning. So what does he say? He says you have to empty your heart from your sustenance in a worry about your sustenance. And I already said that doesn't mean you stop striving. It's that you don't, you don't get so tired at work. You know, I was a, uh, I don't want to say, I can't say too much. I was in a meeting. And normally I take like every meeting I'm in like two series, <laughs> right? Two series. And I was pre like preparing these notes and all of this is a reminder for your heart. And I was in the meeting, and I was kind of like, now the people in the meeting with me go like, oh, okay. But anyways, I was in the meeting, and I was kind of just like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm good. I'm straight, but I'm good. My heart isn't as attached. Maybe it's the Umrah Barakah, yo. I don't know. It's, the, it's going back to Mecca and Medina. You're like, what is this dunya, yo? Wallah, yo, I, I truly believe, Shabab. You need an Umrah trip once a year. You need an Umrah trip once a year. It puts dunya back in perspective for you. You realize all this around you ain't all that's there. You see millions of believers whose hearts and minds focus on Allah, and you're like, yeah, these are my, my, my heads right here. These are my peeps. These are my peeps right here. Once a year, once a year, once a year, make that trip. Make that trip and, and, and feel that connection with the Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam. Feel that connection with Baytullah. Remind yourself that there's a deeper purpose than the rat race that we see on 635 out there. <laughs> there's more to it. Once a year. So he says here, you have to free your heart from a concern for your risk. Not stop working, but stop worrying about work so much. Not stop working, but stop worrying about work so much. He says, He says, listen, 
Whoever doesn't rely on God, whoever doesn't trust Allah, rely on God, then for sure this person is going to be too preoccupied to worship Allah. Because they're going, I got to get this, I got to get that, I got to get this, I got to get that. He says, two ways you're going to be too busy. Number one, externally, you have no time. You have no time. You're just working so much. Bro, I don't got time for Fajr. Literally, I don't. I don't have time for Isha. Literally, I'm at work. I don't have time. Or he says, you are free, but your mind is always at work. Your mind, even when you say Allahu Akbar, you're still grinding. You're still flipping stuff. You're still focused on trying to earn. So he says, if you don't trust God, either you'll be preoccupied two ways, physically or the heart. Either your, your body or you're constantly thinking about it. You're thinking always, your heart is whispering always, 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 over and over again. Asqalani, Ibn Atta'illah, in his hikam, he says, Clear your heart from everything other than God. Clear your heart. Right now, right now, I, this is not theoretical. Right now, in your heart, detach your heart from everything other than God. Meaning for a moment, think about all of those things that are connected to your heart that they're gone and you only have Allah. Try that in your heart. Feel that. He says, The moment you move all those things out of your heart, Allah will fill that with knowledge of who he is. I'm going to say that again. It's beautiful. Move, make space. Remove from your heart everything everything other than God. Meaning, what does that mean? Mikael, I don't want to get what you mean. Detach your heart from it. Detach your heart from it. He says the moment you do that, Allah will fill your heart with his knowledge and asrar, his secrets of who he is. And I think this is something you have to do every night. Every night. Well, ibadah tahtaj ila firag al-qalb. Ibadah needs a clean heart and a free body so that you can fulfill it. He says, and farag, a freeness of the mind and the body can only be for those who truly trust in God. Everyone who has a weak heart, their heart is never going to be at peace except if they know something for sure. The only way you'll find contentment in the heart is when you know for sure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has you, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking care of you, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there for you. Imam Ghazali says something pretty deep. He says, true tawakkul or trust in God, reliance in God is something you need for your affairs of the akhirah. But he says, it's also something that helps you in the dunya. And I find this pretty interesting. He says, 
things move forward in life for two types of people. These are Imam Ghazali's words. These aren't my words. He says, Things move forward in life for two types of people. He says, the one who trusts in God and the one who is uh, like uh, careless, not worried, daredevil. He says, why? He says, the daredevil, the one who's just jumps into things without thinking. This person goes into things strongly. Strongly. We're going to make it happen. And their heart is brave. They don't look side to side. They just go into it. He goes, but the mutawakkal يَقْصِدُ الْأُمُورَ عَلَىٰ قُوَّةِ الْبَصِيرَةٍ He goes, the one who trusts God, they endeavor, they embark on affairs based on the strength of their insight. I want to pause here for a moment. Let me break this down. Imam Ghazali is basically saying that there are people in this world that get things done. They open businesses. They, they, they do all types of stuff. You call up your boy, you're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we opened up another shop. We're doing this. You're like, dang, mashallah, amazing guy. He's always doing stuff. He's moving forward all the time. Imam Ghazali is saying there's two types of people in relation to the dunya who are always moving forward. He goes, one of them is mutahawwir. It's a person with no deliberation. 16-year-old. No, I'm just saying. Like, when you're young, man, I don't know how many times I should have died when I was 16, but alhamdulillah, Allah protected me. They just jump into things. He says the reason why the world moves forward is because they just move into things. They get into it. He says, They have a bravery in their heart and a quwa that is within them. They move forward. He says, but the other person who things happen for, and I want all of us to listen to this, because there's people in this room who have dreams. There's people in this room that if they weren't so scared of failure, they would accomplish the most amazing things this ummah could produce. But you're too worried you're going to fail. You're too worried that you're going to fail. So you don't write that book. You don't open that shop. You don't start that blog. You don't start that, you don't start that campaign. You don't do what you want to do because you're worried you're going to fail. So Imam Ghazali says, and I love it because he's, he's like, I'm actually talking about tawakkul for the akhirah. But let me tell you, tawakkal, trusting in God is going to help you in your dunya as well. I see some of the businessmen over there like, yeah, I got you, I got you. I was thinking about you when I was reading this. <laughs> so he says, this is deep. He says, المتوقل يقصد أمور. The mutawakkal is not haphazard though. The mutawakkal isn't opening a new shop, doing and writing a new book. Do, he's not doing it haphazardly. He's doing it because he knows Allah's got his back. They both move forward. One is acting on trust in God. The other is just haphazard. Two personalities similar. But the reality of the personalities is co completely different. al yaqeen. This person has pure yaqeen. Pure yaqeen. Pure Certainty, pure certainty. Have you ever been around someone with yaqeen? Have you ever been around someone that truly 
You're like, yo, what if? And they're like, nah, it's good. We're good. Have you ever been around someone with true certainty in God's promise? It's profound. It's profound. It, 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 it affects you. And they have confidence in the promise of God. And this goes back, none other, to the qutub, the source of all of this, Muhammad Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's in a small cave. He's in a small cave. Bounty out for him. Most wanted. Being tracked from every direction. Voices above. And Abu Bakr says, if they just look down, as-siddiq, radiyallahu, if they just look down, we're done. And he whispers to him, what do you think about two people, the third of which is Allah? <laughs> like, the prophet gives you goosebumps, man. We have lesser things that we're more worried about. He says, what do you think about two people, the third of which is Allah? What do you think about that? Over and over again in his life. See, we always read Sirah. I teach my students in Qalam Sirah class. We always read Sirah knowing Fatih Mecca is coming in like 30 pages. <laughs> when we read the Sirah, we're like, oh, hold up. It's about to come, yo. Fatih Mecca is right down to 100 pages. Don't worry, it's coming. La, he, you got to read it as if we don't know what's coming. We have to read it as if we don't. And he's in situations where he's like, no, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Everything's fine. In his lowest moment, he's like, oh, don't worry. It's going to be all right. It's, all, it's the source. I just want you to connect in this moment. Connect to the source of this meaning of tawakkul. Connect to the source. And who is it? Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He lost all of his children except one in his own life. He left, he left, he lost all of them. He lost honor. But he trusted the promise of God. And that even meant still there was hardship coming. But even in the hardship, he never thought God had forsaken him. That's where we want to be. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing right now. Let's keep going. So he says about these people who move forward in the dunya. They move forward because they trust in God. So he says they move forward because they have certainty in God. They have true trust in his promise. A lot of us are constantly waiting for God's punishment when we need to be constantly expecting God's blessing. I'm going to say this again. From the moment you wake up tomorrow, I want you to just wait. When's your blessings coming, ya Allah? Because some of us wake up the other way. I know something's going to mess up today. That's not prophetic. These people that trust Allah, they don't look at people. A lot of us, 
are so caught looking at people that we don't move forward. If you keep moving forward, people will start looking at you. But you keep looking at everybody else. What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? They didn't open a business up. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. No, move forward. You khawifuhu. Oh, people will hate on you, yo. People will give you a thousand reasons why things won't work. And I'll give you one, Allah. People will give you a thousand reasons why your dreams and aspirations won't happen. But I'll give you one. Oh, shaitan and you waswisuhu. Shaitan, no, no, you can't. In the madharikum shaitan, you khawifu awliya'a. Fala takhafuhum wa khafuni. Allah says, that's shaitan whispering to you. You khawifu awliya'a. The people close to him, he makes them scared. Oh no, let me just lay back. Let me just not try. Allah says, don't fear him, fear me. Have no fear but me. وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ وَأَمَّا الْخَلْقَ الضَّعِيفُ أَبَدًا وَأَمَّا الْخَلْقُ الضَّعِيفُ أَبَدًا يَكُونُ بَيْنَ التَّوَكَّلْ وَالتَّرَدُّدُ He says, may Allah protect us from what I'm about to read. But he says, this is some of our situation. We don't move forward. We're too scared. And what he's trying to say, scared, being scared is a sign of weaker faith. You need to trust in Allah. He says, as for the khalq al-da'if, weak creation, yakunu bayna tawakkal wa taraddud, they're always between trusting and hesitation, trusting and hesitation. Wa futur wa tahayr, they're lax, I don't feel like doing it. Wa tahayr, I don't know what to do. No, move forward. Kal himar, like a himar. Awud dajaja, like a chicken. He uses the word chicken, I didn't say it. Imam Ghazali, like trolling people. He's like, it's just a chicken. Yarmuku ma ta'awwada. Min sahibihi, he only looks at what other people are doing. When they do it, I'll do it. You going to the rally? Oh, I'll go to the rally. Oh, you're going to post on your social media? I'll post now. Oh, you're going to change your, your profile? I'll change it now. They only look at what other people do. La, trust in Allah, move forward. Let people look to you as the example, not stop, keep looking at other people. You'll do this your whole life, he says. This is the scariest thing from my, of life. You know Maslow's hierarchy? You know that one of the top one is like self-actualization? When a person knows that they have a true potential, but they don't reach, reach it? He's speaking like that. He says, nafsuhu an umur. You will constantly find yourself sitting down from the high aspirations that you have. Nah, I forget it. I'm good. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Having self-pity, hoping the world has self-pity on you as well. Trust Allah, move forward is what he's saying. All your himma will die out. Himma means your desire. It dies out. Because you don't trust. He says, you won't do anything noble. If you do intend it, you won't be successful because of your, 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 your lack of certainty that God will bring it true. I mean, guys, I hate to use these examples, but the fact of the matter is the equation is for whoever uses it, Muslim or not Muslim. 
But biography after biography shows you people who never quit. And then at the end of the movie, we're crying. They made it. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. At the end of the movie, we're weeping. We're like, oh, so he persevered. <laughs> you feel me? Like, and subhanAllah, it's true. Human perseverance is something that touches us deeply. It touches us deeply. I just want to say one thing. Like, I've stopped looking at what people, I stopped looking at struggle and started looking at what people struggle for. Everybody struggles. Disney will make a great movie out of some struggle. But if your struggle ain't worth struggling for, I shouldn't be crying over it. Think about what I'm saying. But they fooled us into every struggle is worth pulling at our heart. La, uh-uh, what are you struggling for? Anyways, the point here, he says that you, you won't move forward, you won't strive, you won't persevere. Because of lack of tawakkul, trust in God, belief in Allah's promise. You won't reach the high levels and ranks. I love this because as we're talking about tawakkul, Imam Ghazali all of a sudden boosts us and says, strive for something great in life. SubhanAllah. Strive for something amazing. I can feel y'all's energy, mashallah. You'll never strive for any difficult level status. The only way you will reach a high level is you have to cut your heart off from any worry other than what you're striving for and trust in God. He goes, he gives examples. It gets prolonged, but it's beautiful. He says, look at the business. He says this, not my words. He says, as for businessmen. They dive, they, they traverse the oceans and land. Difficult, scary. They spread them, themselves and their wealth east and west. They, they, they make themselves firm that one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to make this business thrive, or I'm going to die trying. This is his words, not mine. And he says, and because of that, وَبِذَلِكَ كُلُّ رِبْحٍ عَظِيمٍ That is how every prophet is made. Every step forward, every great step is made. وَمَالٍ جَسِيمٍ So he goes in. He goes, وَكُلُّ ذَلِكَ أَبَنَاءُ الدُّنْيَا So before y'all get too hyped, he goes, all of that, however, is for the people of the world. All of the talk of tawakkul on Allah so that you can reach the heights of this dunya, he goes, nah, don't fool yourself. That's not what we're here to learn. We're here to learn that I need to have tawakkul for my affairs with God and my akhirah, my hereafter. He goes, as for the people of the akhirah, now, I want to explain something here. He uses a word, and dunya. The word ab ibn means son or daughter, right? Bint. And there's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, he says, La dunya. 
Don't be children of the dunya. can be children of the akhirah. In a sense, it's meaning don't be someone whose sole focus is this world. Be someone who's akhirah focused. Akhirah focused. Why? 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 You will not be able to handle the difficulties that this world will throw at you unless you become a person of the akhirah. Every single person we see that is suffering loss, they say, see you in Jannah. See you in Jannah. See you in Jannah. When the Prophet would come to the graveyard, he would say, Assalamu alaikum ya ahlul dar al muslimin. Nas'alallahu lakum afiyah. Wa inna insha'allahu bikum lahikun. He would say, Assalamu alaikum, O people of the grave. May Allah give you afiyah, peace, tranquility. See you soon. <laughs> See you soon. Meaning the difficulties of dunya don't make sense. You cannot deal with them unless akhirah is in the equation, or else all the suffering makes no sense. It's pointless. Absolutely pointless. You have to be akhirah hereafter centric. Everything is put through the perspective of how it relates to my akhirah. That is the true insight the believer offers the world. That is what is inspiring people across TikTok to read Quran. Because everything for us filters through akhirah. Everyone's like, how are you guys okay? It's like, Allah, don't worry. Everything filters through akhirah lens. Everything, everything, everything. Let's keep going. So Imam Ghazali, Allahu Akbar, I'm going to go forward here. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, um, he said that there were two reasons why you have to have tawakkul. The first one is if you don't have tawakkul, you won't free yourself for ibadah. We talked about that in detail. He says the other reason you have to have tawakkul, number two, the second reason you have to have this concept of trust in God, tawakkul, is because it will drive you crazy if you don't. The, the absence of tawakkul will literally drive you crazy. And the more tawakkul you have, the more peace of mind you will have. I, it, tr trust. He says, He's like, the second reason regarding this necessity for having Reliance upon God, true, 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 true reliance upon God. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, It's because of what you will go through if you have no trust in God. The worries and the difficulties that you'll go through. He says, Didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now here he brings a number of verses, and I want you to listen to the Quran. He says, قَالَ اللَّهِ بَعْدَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ خَلَقَكُمْ ثُمَّ رَزَقَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala joins creation with rizq, telling us that the same way our creation is from God, our sustenance is from God. In another verse, Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّزَاقُ Indeed, Allah, He is the provider. He is the provider. When that boss threatens you, when that HR call comes through, we know how HR is. 
you, once you get the call, you already know. You're like, all right, well, hurry up, bro. <laughs> HR don't mean nothing, man. Inna Allaha huwa razaqu. See, see, hold up. Let's pause. The risk is from God. But the path he chooses change for what's written for you. You're going to eat no matter what. But the path he chooses for that to come to you may switch up. When he chooses for the path to change, don't doubt that he's the provider still. Please hear me out on that. I'm going to say it again. When he chooses for the path to change, that tests whether you thought the job was providing or the one behind that giving you that was providing. Now you feel me? That's all it is. It's just a test. You're still going to eat. Your risk is written with you. I read a narration. I read a narration. It's so beautiful. I read a narration that one uh, scholar said, metaphorically speaking, that the name of every servant is written on the back of the fish and the food that they'll eat from this world. As if it's literally for you, for you. So he, he says, in Allah huwa razaq. Allah is razaq. Not Julie in HR. <laughs> then Allah didn't just say huwa razaq. He went further and he took responsibility. He said, There is no beast on the earth except that Allah provides for it. No beast on this earth except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides for it. So he won't provide for you? Then forward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took an oath. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, it is true, it is true, it is true. The same way that I'm speaking right now, it is true that Allah is your provider. So he says, if you choose not to trust God, this is a big calamity upon you. You're going to drive yourself crazy. A huge calamity upon you. You'll be in a very big difficulty. It'll be very hard for you. Okay, moving forward. What are the areas? Where do we trust God? What is the context? Let me rephrase this. What is the context in which we must trust God? Meaning the areas. This hits home today. He says, He says, Tawakkul or trust in God is a word used for three contexts, three scenarios, three areas of your life. Three. Number one. The first one is what has been uh, uh, ordained, what has been divided. What has been written, meaning you have, he says this, meaning you must have surety that what is written for you will never miss you. Right now, repeat that to yourself. In your heart, I want you to say, 
Whatever is written for me will never miss me. And whatever is not written for me will never come to me. Just repeat that inside your heart. That is why the scholars, they used to say that, listen to this. One scholar, he said, a lot of us want to get close to Allah. All of us, a lot of us, all of us want to get close to Allah. How do I get close to Allah? What is the mentality? You know how sometimes your actions are okay, but you want your heart, your heart feels distant from God? You just, today I just feel distant. How do I get close to Allah with my thinking and my heart? He says, he says, Fahasbuka. Ibn Rajab Hanbali, he mentions this. He says, it is enough for you to reach God that you know in your heart that what is written for you will never miss you and what will miss you will never come to you. And then one of the scholars said, recite it. What does this mean? To have husnad dhan billah and a deep knowledge here that, oh Allah, I know everything's going to be okay. That is the best way for you to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says the first thing that you have to, the first context of the three is you have to know that your lot, what is your provision, what is written for you will never miss you. Hada wajib, you must have this, you must have this. All our frustration is thinking things we were supposed to have missed us. Think about your little kids when they be arguing. That was mine. Like, no, it wasn't. I ate it. <laughs> Siblings. That's a sibling flex right there. Sibling, like, why you eat my stuff? Nah, it wasn't yours. <laughs> if I consumed it, that was my risk. <laughs> well, let me tell you, there's risk halal and haram. That was haram risk. <laughs> yeah, you were about to use that on your sibling, and now you won't. No, low-key, the scholars, they say, your risk is halal and haram. Allah just lets you choose which way you want to take it. That, that hundred grand was going to hit you. That hundred grand was going to hit you. But you could bring it in halal or bring it in haram. That's where the sin or the reward comes from. It was coming. You just choose which way you want it to come, and Allah rewards you, or the sin is based on that. But it was going to come no matter what. So you eat your siblings' lunch they brought in. They've been plotting all day to eat it for dinner. Right, Akram? <laughs> now, it happens more with spouses too, man. I'd be like, how am I supposed to know you was going to eat that? I let it sit for like three days. Fourth day, you was like, I was about to eat it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Let's go forward. The next one. Wathani. The second of three areas, the second of three areas that we must develop this. And all jokes aside as we read this one, knowing that the help of God will come, you must have trust in God. And that's the only thing that brings a smile to our faces. That's the only thing that makes a smile through this difficulty. And as I said again, that's why TikTok is like, how are y'all surviving? I'm going to read that Quran too, Quran challenge. Here we go. <laughs> because how are you still smiling? It's because I know God's promise is true. See, let me explain. When the battle of Khandak happened, 
there was 12,000 soldiers attacking Medina. And to the lens of the dunya, you guys are done. It's over. But the Quran says, when the believers saw that, zadahum imana, their iman increased because the victory can't happen until the fight happens, yo. You can't have victory until the... Do I have to like... <laughs> do I have to like say stuff? The aggression against us in the time of the seerah, the aggression against us was a time, was a sign that help from God was coming. So when they saw those armies approaching, they were like, oh yeah, here we go. And the, and the, the munafiqeen are looking like, y'all crazy. How are you getting happy at what looks like defeat or hardship? They said because God promised us ease and victory, so the hardship had to come in order for the ease and victory to come. So when I see usr coming, I'm already happy. Are y'all listening? It's crazy. The believer is weird, yo. Muslims are weird. In a good way. When it's good, we're happy. When it's sad, we're like, yeah, yeah we're good, yo. Because the iman tells us the help is coming. Help is coming. And if for a moment you doubt, it's because there's the weakness of faith and you got to work. You got to work on that right there. You got to work. You got to sit down and say, I trust Allah. I trust you, Allah. I trust you, Allah. I trust you, Allah. And I don't care how absentee your mom or dad was. Don't project those insecurities on Allah. Allah will always be there for you. I had, we all had people who didn't show up when we needed them to show up. Don't project that onto Allah. Don't project that. If there's anyone, if there's anyone who had a reason to project his insecurities onto Allah, it would be Muhammad He lost everyone. His dad was just a name. He never saw his face. His mom, he spent a few years with her. Six years old, seven, old enough to remember her face and smile. And then she passed. His grandfather brings him in and sits him on his lap. And a few years later, he passes away. Then his uncle, Abu Talib. Oh, man, he loved him so much. Stood by his side. Went through a boycott. Starved for three years. Allah took him away too. Then Khadija. Oh, what was Khadija? The one he ran to and said, I'm scared, I'm scared. And she said, no, don't worry. Trust. She taught him tawakkul too. Trust. But she died too. He lost everybody. But in losing everyone, he realized he only had one. Allah. And that is why his last words are Ila Rafiq al A'la to the highest companion. <coughs> to the highest companion. That's how he died. So trusting the number two is trusting the victory will come. 
وهو الاعتماد والوثاقة بنصر الله It is trust and, and assurance that the victory and help of God will come. وجل لك إذا نصرت وجاهدت قال الله فإذا عزمت when you make firm decision trust God, move forward. وقال تعالى إن تنصر الله ينصركم If you help Allah, Allah will help you. وَكَانَ حَقًّا عَلَيْنَا نَصْرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ This is a verse we need. Surah Rum, verse number 47. Surah Rum, verse 47. Allah says, وَكَانَ حَقًّا عَلَيْنَا It is an obligation upon me to help the believers. And the last of the three areas that we must have tawakkul in, trust and reliance, is as we've been saying this whole class, is our sustenance, our risk. We have to trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide for us. We have to trust that Allah will give us regardless of the source from where it comes. In one hadith, the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, لو توكلتم على الله حق توكله If you truly trusted in God the way you should, he would provide for you the way the birds are provided for. Meaning, they ain't got storage stocks in like fridges. I ain't see the bird with a fridge yet. <laughs> they always flying around, full bellies. I see in our hearts we doubt, ah, oh, that's not me. Could be. If you truly trusted in Allah, He would provide from where you never expected. They go out empty belly and come back full. You must have this quality, y'all. We must have this quality. We must have this quality. In, in next week's session, we still have the concept of tawakkul. He's now going to talk about that concept and how we could develop it stronger within our hearts. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give victory to our brothers and sisters in Philistine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove and destroy the oppressors from above them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to restore Philistine to its izzah and honor and glory. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to free Masjid Aqsa. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us strong faith and iman. Ya Allah, we ask you to make us people who truly trust and rely upon you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to remove from our hearts any reliance on anything other than you, Ya Allah. We ask you, we beg of you, we plead with you, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Make us of those who truly believe in you and truly trust in you, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullahu khairan.